Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. Happy 2023. We're back with a new episode in a brand new year. Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. I'm Rachel. And before we dive into all the royal news that we're catching up on over the break this week, January. Oh my gosh, it's hitting us hard. Follow us on Royally Obsessed. <laughs> it's all dusty. <laughs> it's all dusty. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Send us a note, info at gallerypodcast.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be the best gift to start the new year. Rachel, what is on tap for today? I think it's just a huge Christmas recap to start. We've got the concert, King Charles III's first Christmas Day speech, Prince Louis making his appearance at the walkabout the first time. Also, the promos have begun, Roberta. Right out of the gate in 2023, we have five days. When this episode drops, we have five days to Harry's memoir. So we're seeing him pop up on Anderson Cooper, ITV. We're going to talk about those, the political piece, so much more. But first. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. A non-alcoholic Royal refreshment this week because it's January. I have never successfully done dry January. Have you? No, but I'm cracking this. We're doesn't sipping. Sound like dry January? No, like it doesn't. That. We're sipping Day Swa, which is that Katy Perry drink that's an aperitif, not alcoholic. You can pair it with alcohol, though, which I have done and is delicious. Yeah, Katy Perry launched it. They sent it to us to try out, which is awesome. Which one are you sipping? Because it's different. I from the- did the Champagnon Dreams, which I'm is doing Golden Hour Mushroom Passion Flower, and it's all derived from green tea. Sounds delicious. How is it? It is Roberta? delicious. It's very herbal, and mm. it is good on its own. It, the other ones, some some of them have like adaptogens, which I think it's like reishi mushrooms, maca. This one has. I also That's what have, mine is, the reishi mushroom. Oh, okay. This one's maca, lemon balm, and L-theanine green tea. So it's delicious. It's really good with alcohol, though, too. <laughs> I, like, tried to say I would do dry January this month. The date was like, there's no I've chance. I've never attempted that. I mean, it's just... There's no chance. Wine. Like, he was like, remember last year? And I was like, no, what happened last year? And he was like, well, you got to Friday, and you were like wait, I'm only going to do dry January during the week. And I was like, that doesn't work like that. that. I feel like I remember that happening. (laughs) Okay, but did you have a good break? Did you have a nice holiday? I had a lovely break. I was in Florida for most of it. It was so nice. Came back here to Philly for New Year's Eve. What about you? It was great. It was so relaxing. I think one of my favorite moments was I gave just for myself to Finn the Queen's hat. It's this children's book and it's so beautifully illustrated and I wanted it for myself and he actually (laughs) wanted to read it a ton because he's very into like soldiers right now. I don't know why, but he associates British guards with soldiers. So that was why he wanted to have nothing to do with the queen and her hat. But I got to read it like 20 times and I really enjoyed that. (laughs) A gift for yourself too. Yeah. Did you get a lot of wonderful 
holiday gifts? Christmas I mean, gifts? I got something very wonderful from you, which was this beautiful Marks and Spencer tin of, of shortbreads that I may or may not have finished. <laughs> Wait, shout out. Okay, same, because we got one for ourselves and I definitely finished it. But shout They're out delicious. to the Target Marks and Spencer collab, which I think sold out in a bunch of places. It wasn't it the cutest tin. The I was cutest. like, I'm keeping this tin. It has oh my little God. dogs on it on the double decker bus. So cute. Darling. That was so thoughtful. I opened it Christmas morning. Oh, I'm so glad. All right. Let's talk about our listener email from Reed. He wrote in and he said that he just found our podcast and it's already become his favorite time of the week. We love to hear that. He said he loves hearing our takes on all the Royals and thanks for helping all of us try to understand these crazy times. God save the pod. They are indeed crazy times right now, Roberta. I I felt a little like anxious coming into 2023. I'm so glad that so many people are along for this journey. And I don't know if any Roro saw, but we got a shout out in the New York Times. We have to say it here as well because Rachel and I are still giddy over this mention. It was such a surprise. Like I was not, I mean, Roberta texted, you saw it first. And I was totally like, I fell off my chair when I, when you sent that, that we were included in this top five Royal podcasts. I felt like we could like give up like hang up our mantle like this is we're done like I, we've made <laughs> we it like the New York Times is peak for me so that was just we were insane. number one on that list I don't think I think it was random order but it's still we were top of the list very excited I loved it I loved it and they recommended the decoding the docuseries episode which was really yeah. um, kind of an interesting choice I'm glad they did all right this week in royal history and now this week in royal history Flashback to 1999, 24 years ago, Sophie and Edward announced their engagement. So the relationship timeline, they met in 1987. She was working in PR. He was dating her friend, actually. They reconnected six years later. They were both single, and they dated six years before getting engaged. I want to talk about this engagement photo call they did. They didn't really do a sit-down interview. They did this photo call where they were asked questions, kind of like, what I remember from Harry and Meghan's um, Sunken Gardens photo call. So the ring, 105,000 pounds is how much it supposedly costs. It's two carats from Gerard and Co. And everything about the photo call, we're going to play a clip from it in a second, but it's just a, such a time capsule of 1999. She's wearing, Sophie is wearing a dark gray skirt suit with dark gray pearl embellishments, which I just feel like when I close my eyes, that is professional working woman of 1999 she has black chunky shoes he's wearing a pinstripe shirt and his suit is way too big for him it's not tailored beautifully at all it's just it's like this perfect little time capsule of them and to see their happiness too is i think i don't know they're kind of endearing as a couple to me so let's play a clip what made you decide to announce it now um what Announce it or, or, or actually decide to ask the question? To get on and uh, <laughs> marry. So, uh, no, it's just, I, I mean, it's, it's impossible for anyone to, else to understand, you know, why it has taken me this long. But um, I don't think it would have been right before, and I don't think Sophie would have said yes if I said before. Hopefully, by the fact she did say yes, I must have got the timing right. So, uh, <laughs> could you give us some idea how you actually asked the question? Um, well, I spoke it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, I managed to take her completely by surprise. She had no idea that it was coming. And did you say yes immediately? I was slightly stunned from it. <laughs> and then I suddenly realised I should actually answer the question. So then I said yes. I said yes, please. So droll, Edward. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> I spoke it. 
so dorky. They're both so giddy. It's interesting because I would have loved to see a sit-down interview from them, but the news anchor of this clip that I watched announcing it cites the press intrusion as catalyst for the breakdown of three other royal marriages in recent memory, because this is 1999. So we had, obviously, Andrew and Fergie's divorce, Anne's divorce, Charles's divorce. So the press is pretty much leaving them alone, and I feel like that youngest sibling gets off easy is such a mantra for this. Edward is kind of able to enjoy it without a lot of press intrusion because they've learned the lesson or at least maybe temporarily. They were married at St. George's Chapel in June of that year, so six months later. So next year will be their 25th wedding anniversary. And I think we should talk about the latest in the Duke of Edinburgh title debacle because that is, I guess, still on hold. Rebecca English published a piece recently and she's told the king has no immediate plans to hand it out. But if it does go to someone, it shouldn't go to the 13th in line to the throne, aka Edward. And this is kind of a dig and descending. So if Charles wants to slim down monarchy, basically it shouldn't go to him, possibly Charlotte, possibly Prince Louis, they said was a, a very strong contender as well. So I don't know. What do you think? About and then that? there was like Edward's scandal at the pantomime, right? Yeah, the scandal at the pantomime, which colors my opinion of him slightly. There's also this Twitter video of him not singing God Save the King at that same Royal Variety pantomime show. What do you think show. that was about? Just like... Didn't feel like it? Didn't feel like it. Maybe he's mad at his brother for not giving him the dukedom yet. I don't know. We're like inferring all of that. I was going to say, Roberta, this- It is this, questionable. It is it questionable. Is questionable. Um, this like moment in royal history sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole on Google last night where I was actually looking because I'm like, we really just don't ever hear from Edward. And I was able to dig up very quickly that his series Crown and Country is available on Amazon for 99 cents an oh. episode. And I started watching and he like is like sandring him. And it's I think it's from his documentary days. It was it yes. filmed in 98. So before Art we got engaged. Yeah. And it's just a total trip and a half. So I think you can get the whole series for about four bucks but I recommend if you just want oh it's 99 some nostalgia episode but four bucks for the whole series which I think is more than oh, four episodes but I and you can also it, grab some of it on YouTube elsewhere. and stuff but it's just hilarious because he was this documentary filmmaker and did all this work in film but but the the angles are just I guess they're just of an, a certain era but it's like from shooting an angle up it's hilarious I mean those two are people that have really and when I say those two I mean Edward and Sophie have really tried to make their way in the world with their own jobs it seems like and it wasn't possible and we've seen that play out again and again where they just couldn't earn Sophie kept her job for three years in PR which is funny. It's like, do people, she like pitched products to go back and they're like, Sophie Reese Jones. Hmm. Yeah. Pitching the latest moisturizer I see. Like we get pitches all the time, Rachel and I for Pure Wow. So it's just funny to think about. But yeah, little time capsule. Oh, such a good royal history. Great Christmas, Roberta. Let's discuss. Let's uh, go back. Second annual Together at Christmas concert. When did you watch? How did you watch? Oh, I so I did the free child Brit box. I didn't watch. I watched post Christmas actually, and it was I felt really nostalgic about all of it. Like it, it was such a bright spot. It was 
lovely. It was a lovely concert. I know. I actually threw it on Christmas Eve. Wrapping always takes so much longer, and I was up so, so late. And I wanted something in the background that I didn't, like, could just enjoy, like, the music and stuff. And I remembered that that was airing, so I put it on BritBox, and it was so beautiful. And it really, like, it just really put me in the spirit. Do you have a favorite part? Yes, absolutely. It is when Hugh Bonville takes the stage mm-hmm. as the voice of Paddington and Charlotte clearly has an affinity for dear old Hugh and just her reaction. And then I'm calling it the glance 2.0, Roberta, because Kate, the way she like looks at Charlotte knowingly and is like, I know, like I did this. Like, I feel like I just love that moment for Kate and Charlotte. Did you? Same, same. I, my favorite, I liked that, but I, my favorite part was the Ukrainian children's choir. Because oh my gosh. Yes. That was Also beautiful. when they go show them getting a letter and invite to the concert and it's so sweet. The kids faces are jaws are literally on the floor and they like look at the Kensington Palace letterhead. It was like this would be all of us. So it's it was so sweet. And their their voices like I just feel like all the Westminster Abbey Choir's songs were so good. It was so, so good. I know. And I did think it was a very beautiful acknowledgement of the fact that Queen Elizabeth II had passed that year and just the way they wove her memory into this year's concert was really, really beautiful and poignant. What did you think of her on the piano though? That like projection. Oh, I didn't mind it. The slideshows of that. I saw some debate on that. What did people say? Wait, not the not the slideshow, but when it was like actually cast on top of the grand piano. I think people people loved it and people didn't love it. Is basically the gist. But why didn't they love it? I think it was just kind of corny. But (laughs) I guess it is corny. But it was. I don't know. Everything about that concert was kind of corny. And I liked the montage where they took us through her Christmas speech and showed just Christmases where she kind of, it's like the advent of television. And she's like, now I'm coming to you from my living room. I just, I really liked how they talked about her memory. Yeah. I was a little disappointed though. I will say about Kate not performing because we got that amazing (laughs) piano recital. I was like, okay, Kate, when are you going to take the stage? And she never did. And I felt like that was a little bit of a letdown, but it's a hard Otherwise. act to follow. I also keep thinking about the juxtaposition of the fact that the docuseries aired, the first part aired that day, and then they, or was it the first or the second part, actually? The second part? It was the second part, right? So knowing that they then had to go and, like, put on faces and just kind of be on for this occasion must have been it's just hard to do that when you're processing something that probably was quite emotional for them. I'm not saying one way or the other how they should feel or how anyone should be. But it's like, I'm sure it's just hard to be public facing on a day because everyone's scrutinizing so yeah, much. Yeah, definitely so. a show of unity when there's a lot coming out of Netflix for sure. Yeah. And one little detail that I did find interesting, did you know that snow was fake outside? But oh, it was for, oh. Kristen Contino, our friend who has been on the podcast, um, she was the one that posted videos because she was in London at the time and she showed how they were like sweeping it into a perfect order and making <gasps> sure there were little piles. And it did look really magical on TV, but it's like that those TV moments, right? Manufactured. Ooh, it reminds magic. me of Earthshot. Like I kept thinking about like in Earthshot, they like pause the ceremony to like reset the stage. And you don't see that happening when there's a TV, obviously a one hour TV special. But I was thinking about like who goes on to the Westminster Abbey basically next to the altar and is like, okay, everyone, we're resetting, (laughs) take a break, like take a beat. So it was just interesting to think about the behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. And then you had the next morning, King Charles III's first Christmas speech. I really thought he did a good job, Roberta. I'm I thought it was so snoozy, Rachel. I'm glad we have differing (laughs) opinions on this. I was like, 
Okay. Okay. Well, so here's what I liked is I felt like there was emotion. I'm calling him grandpa Charles. I felt the similar (laughs) sense of comfort that I do that I did with the queen. I mean, obviously the queen, it's like her legacy doing those speeches. I like, you could hear a pin drop in my house when she was talking, but I felt, I felt that he did as good of a job following her in her footsteps as he could. And I like that he talked about multiple faiths. I think that was a huge shift to mention, you know, whatever faith you have, or if you have none. And I like that it was at Windsor Castle, because I think that that was a great way to link the past and the present and the future mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one setting. And there was a lot of symbolism there, because I think the when the Queen did a speech at St. George's Chapel at Windsor, the same place Charles was, it was she was wearing blue, which was what he was wearing. I think a lot of people thought he would go festive, which he didn't. But it was also the turn of the millennium. It was 1999 Christmas. And so it was gearing up for this next big, I mean, millennium. And so he is gearing up for this next phase of the royal family, his coronation. So I thought that was kind of an interesting nod. I did think it was kind of a cop-out, though, to not have any pictures. I don't know. But what I mean, about all the family footage? What about the footage? that yeah. I was upset about the lack of family photos because that's but, come The queen to be... did that, too. The queen did family photos. Like but this felt like we we really saw like these beautiful moments of everyone, notably not the Sussexes, but it was all the working members of the royal family. Also, no Andrew, thank God. Oh my gosh, um, but the qu- quick cut of Sophie and Edward, I was like, ooh, that's a diss. <laughs> ooh, there's a lot of tea <laughs> happening behind the scenes there. Uh, no, I loved it. And that, then finally, they're so hardworking. Anne, Anne didn't get enough airtime, I think. But, She's the most hardest working royal. But <laughs> I just hardest. want to go, go against one thing. With the Anne thing, it was this beautiful quick smile that we saw mm. and I thought it just lit her up so <laughs> but she's done three times the number of engagements and they can only put Agreed. a second of her in that Agree. Okay. she deserved more than a millisecond Rude. of time <laughs> we'll I see I have just really debate. high standards for Charles and I feel like I don't know it was nice the so many personal touches were incorporated in his speech that he gave after the queen passed about members of his family he literally bestowed the prince and princess of Wales title in that speech I wish there were more personal touches. I think it was just so glossed over. It was a a little bit vanilla for me. I liked the Star of Bethlehem references. That I'll give him that. I'll give him that. That's good. Roberta, you've heard here. She'll give him that. (laughs) It's Uh, good that we don't agree. I love it. Um, Also, the Christmas walkabout, we saw Louis for the first time in shorts. I was concerned, but I think the weather was temperate. It wasn't super chilly. And this is the tradition that British princes wear them until they're eight. Although George, when he made his first appearance, he was six and he was allowed to wear slacks. So I think that that's mm. interesting. There was also, I, I like am mad at myself, Roberta, for even mentioning this. But then I was also kind of intrigued by it, but I also am mad. But there was a piece in the Telegraph about how, how someone complained about their cold feet. And Andrew, of course, was there. Ew. And he mentioned that a trick is to stand on a newspaper to... I guess it insulates your feet from the cold ground. And so your feet don't get cold. And I think I just had so many conflicting thoughts because I was like, what a weird life hack. Where did he learn that? Why is he getting a puff piece in the telegraph? He doesn't deserve that. I like spiraled. Like, thanks for the life hack, but also please leave. I just please leave. You're not invited. No more. You're not invited. They are. are, This is my question. Is Charles letting him come back into the fold and letting him like slowly ease his way back in? I saw recently that Virginia Dufresne's cone of silence may end soon. And so we might get a lot more from her, even though it was a 14 million pound settlement. 
there could be, she might not be able to speak exactly on the things that were were in her allegations, but it's interesting. I mean, are they trying to push him back to the public sphere? Well, I felt like that's part of my spiral, that puff piece in the Telegraph. Like we are thinking about all this invisible contract stuff. It's top of mind right now all the time. And I'm like, why was there just a piece with him sharing a lifestyle tip? Seems weird. Um, last thing about this. <laughs> like for a ma- magazine. Uh, Mia Tyndall, did you see this clip of him, of her just casually no. poking? Basically, Mia Tyndall casually, uh, George is with his parents, like shaking the hands of well-wishers. And <laughs> Mia walks their family by and just fully pokes George in the back. Like it's a full-on poke. Like, And he doesn't notice or he ignores it. He stays like totally in the zone of thanking people. But it's so funny that she's just like, I thought of William on the Apple podcast, Time to Walk, last year, where he talked about all the hijinks behind the scenes once they were inside and how they had to keep a straight face. So, Oh my gosh, all those kids together must just be, Ugh. it must be so loud and rambunctious and fun when they yes. get back and have Christmas lunch. It made me laugh. T-minus five days to Harry's memoir. So we're going to talk about a few of those things, which is the promo clips you mentioned at the top. There's also a Sunday Times memoir exclusive. I'm going to start with that. First off, this memoir exclusive in the Sunday Times, a source with knowledge of the book says they don't see how the brother's relationship can ever recover. They think it's worse than expected for the royal family. I am questioning whether anyone has knowledge of the book. I feel like this is under lock and key so much so that they're saying it has like Harry Potter sequel level clearance of like they're not even delivering it to bookstores until the day of because I guess that was a trick you could go to a bookstore and ask if they have it in the back and like an unknowing or unwitting employee could go get it for you and you could buy it early. Someone told us that. I don't think you can do that for this one. So... I don't know if I believe that, but it does sound like Charles, if this person is right, Charles comes out of it better than than William. And even Kate Middleton gets a broadside is what this person said. This person also mentions a screaming match between the brothers, but I was like, that's from the Netflix docuseries. So I don't know. I, I'm There's a this lot of opinions of about something that so many people have not yet read. That's, so many I think, people. very alienating. I'm seeing so many, and I'm just like, we still don't know the contents. We really Yeah, don't. I guess that's my takeaway is like, if you're seeing pieces and headlines about what's in the memoir, really question whether anyone has actually read it. Read the book. I, don't I think, think that you have to form your own opinion by reading the book. But Totally, totally. But we did get those two clips, one from Anderson Cooper in 60 Minutes interview. The other is Tom Bradby and ITV. I think it's interesting. So I never watched 60 Minutes growing up. Did you? I watched it occasionally. If it was like something where I cared about the topic, I would watch it. I guess you don't get the whole 60 minutes. Like there's a lot of other news in there. Not as necessarily. Well. Like I okay, think that they okay. can, yeah, they can, it might be all adjusted. Okay. But yeah. Because probably it would the be full interesting episode. if he's not the full episode because ITV is 90 minutes long. That seems like a really long time, an hour and a half. It's called Harry, the interview. Obviously we know Tom Bradby has a longstanding friendship with Harry He was at their wedding. He was the one who asked Megan in South Africa if she was okay during that documentary filming. He was also at William and Kate's wedding. He was a close friend of William and Kate for a while. It seems he's, I think he's even said that his relationship with them is not as it was. So, or the brother's relationship is soured and I don't know, whatever it is. But 
I liked some, a journalist pointed out that um, Anderson Cooper obviously lost his dad when he was 10 years old. Tom Bradby has struggled with mental health in the past. Is there going to be a level of connection there with Harry? Is he going to talk a lot about his the death of his mother and how that has affected him and his trauma? So yeah. I think we just have to wait and see. The clips weren't enough. They were like 20 seconds. So we, we have no idea what's going to happen. They both So both interviews air this Sunday, January 8th. ITV is at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's 9 p.m. in the UK. CBS is at 7 p.m. Eastern. So I'm going to definitely be hunkered down from at least 4 p.m. to midnight. Are you going to use your, your VPN? Yes, I'm going to use. Yeah, so you can watch via VPN for ITV. ITVX is their streaming service that you. I hope I'm going to try and set it up Saturday, so I don't have to worry about it. So we'll see if that happens. I. What are your I thoughts? Wanted, yeah. I mean, I want to talk about these clips a little bit, just the content, because I think there were some contradictions we pointed out in some of the quotes. So I felt like Harry does explain that never complain, never explain is not really the family's motto, that there's leaking behind the scenes, that they feed info to reporters. But then he says, at a certain point, silence is betrayal, which is a quote from MLK Jr. So which is it? Is it silence or is it leaking? And that's where I'm kind of like, hmm. And I can't wait to hear him expand more on. Yeah, because we're getting such a snippet. I know. I think like for me, I'm just watching these clips and I I feel a little bit, is it, it's it's hard having the docuseries and then immediately follow the promo for the memoir because it's like, it all feels the same. And I'm of two yeah. minds about it because I'm like, Yes, they're like really drilling down on this, you know, a lot of people are saying it's just enough already. We need to like, it's too much. But then I'm also like on, in their defense, they're still very much living this reality and they need to continue making the point like with the son and Jeremy Clarkson. But I still just feel like, okay, over and over and over, what is the end game? Because we have that clip where he's saying that he will never go back to being a full-time working royal. Yeah. But then- I, but he also but then wants he, his family back. Right. He says he wants Charles and William back in his life. So, But they're the monarchy, so I'm confused. I'm I just know. Confused. And I kept thinking about this, like, this idea, this vicious cycle where, you know, Harry and Meghan both talked extensively about how hate sells papers or hate sells clicks or hate sells advertisement. But then the disgruntledness of all the things they're bringing to light, that's what's selling the papers. So they're actually doing the British press a favor in a way because all the front pages are about Harry's interview. They're all about, you know, how upset Harry is with his family. It just feels like you're help in a way in the and and I love Harry and Meghan, but in a way they're perpetuating this idea of like Talking about the royal family is just going to continue to put you on the front pages. You're helping the people that you don't, that you see as your enemies, the media. And then I see like the catch 22 because it's not like they can just like go and hole up and be, you know, they can't ignore what's happening. But it's just, it's, there's so, it's just a battery of this same narrative. Cause I'm curious, like we again only saw these snippets, like what is going to be new in the memoir? What's going to be new in the, um, these different interviews and stuff. And, and yeah. maybe it doesn't have to be new information. Maybe it's just drilling down more and going back to Harry's childhood. But it's just, it's hard not to feel a tiny bit of fatigue. And by this point, they have to know that their disgruntledness is what sells papers, but that they need to be pushing the philanthropic stuff that they're working on so hard behind the scenes because we know they are. But for me, like, I felt like Live to Lead got no promotion. I know. I was going to say that. None. And people are saying it's so good. I haven't, I'm going to watch it this week. I 
I'm like making, I'm not making myself, I'm excited to watch it, but I really want to watch it this week. But I am just, I'm shocked at how little they have promoted it. And I guess because they don't have social channels themselves, they can't. But that to me is such a miss when that's your goal. You're talking about how how you're trying to, you know, Archwell is is about compassion and shining a light on causes. And it just, I don't it know. It almost makes me wonder, like, was there just a huge lack of control? Like, it's just such a blitz of Harry and Meghan content that mm-hmm. all of these tell-all interviews way overshadow the other project. Yeah. And of course, like Penguin Random House wants him to sell books. This is what is going to sell books. There is going to be so many questions left unanswered from each interview because we're going to have to read the memoir. And that's the point. So to realize that we are all cogs in the wheel of being well, yeah, turned out to do by these the promotional interviews. Yeah. Like I'm sure in his contract, he had to do a certain number of a certain amount of press. I heard that there's also going to be a newspaper interview or I, not heard. I read that. Um, I'm Who's also your source, just, Rachel. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I heard the, the UK times said that there's also likely the New York times are, you know, they're saying there's also going to be a newspaper interview. And I keep thinking about the fact that there are four total books as part of this contract as well. And they said that there's going to probably the potential for a wellness tome by Megan, maybe even a memoir by Megan, another one about leadership and philanthropy. These are all, Ooh, yeah. Wait, you know, good, good guesses. topic to bring up because I saw e- E.T. Entertainment Tonight just slammed the lid shut on the Megan memoir rumors that the they British did? papers. Yeah, there was like a big thing that was like a source says there's absolutely no progress on a Megan biography that is not in the works. Like they, they're pretty much like this is from the Sussex camp. I think saying that without saying it, that Megan has not started a book at all. We'll see. I will yeah. see. Supposedly the royals, I mean, they are just remaining silent. They're, they have invited the Sussexes to the coronation reportedly. And that's also just, I think that I have so many questions about that game that they're playing too, because a lot of the British papers are casting that as dignified and like they're taking the high road. But I'm like, I just, it's all just, it feels just like this intense game and it's a family and it's so stressful to kind of watch. And I think that's why I feel anxious about the coming weeks. Well, I don't feel comfortable watching them watching the royal family and the working senior members attend, you know, attend organizations or help charities that are dedicated yeah. to mental health when there's so much going on behind the scenes in their own family that they have It's all addressed. so hollow. And so that's yeah. where it's like the lack of response, but I just keep sitting with my own thoughts and I'm like, what is the expectation here? What do we want to happen? What is the response? What will make us feel good? I don't know. We're going to have to have like a long phone call debrief Sunday night. Can we get like a royal therapist <laughs> to just help us process all of our feelings? Because I we just are each on. other's royal therapists. I know you are. I'll just dial you at like 1 a.m. when I'm like not sleeping because I'm thinking about this. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, Needless okay. to say, I think we'll still have so many questions after both interviews. But Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Ugh, my low is this Politico article, Rachel. Awful. It makes me so mad. Of course, the title 2022 is the year we all finally got tired of Narcissist by Joanna Weiss. Joanna Weiss, what are you thinking? She lumps Megan in with an anti-Semite, Trump, actual fraudsters who are arrested and convicted, and then accuses Megan of being an Oprah confessor. How is that a crime? I'm just, it's sickening to me 
I liked this tweet. Someone said it best. There's literally no planet where Meghan Markle belongs with this group of people. A black woman standing up for herself does not equal narcissist. The unhinged hatred directed at her really proves her point, doesn't it? Also, the misogyny. Like, it was... Why is Harry not... Like, it's... If you're going to yes. include them, why just Meghan? Like, it's right. it's so right. horrible. Meghan is guilty, guilty, quotes, of successfully launching a podcast, having a Netflix show, doing interviews. Like, that's her... That's her crime. It's... It's awful. Like Joanna, taking the narrative what, back. Yeah, and talk. I, I think that that is just, you cannot lump her in that. Ugh. On top, another horrible low for me was, and I'm sure you agree, is Jason Nauf on the King's New Year's Honors list. I feel wow. like, come on, was my reaction when I saw that, because it feels like they're doubling down, right? It's like, we know that he was very much mentioned in the docuseries, and I just don't Instrumental understand. Instrumental in the Daily Mail's case against Megan. It just feels like if if the monarchy was smart about this, if, if you know, Charles and William were being thoughtful, they would distance themselves. And I think we've had that question for years with Jason Knopf because he's involved with Earthshot still. And he's now, so he's now a lieutenant of the Royal Victorian Order. And he'll receive a gong at, at Buckingham Palace at the ceremony coming up. I'm wondering, like, will William be the one, like, giving that to him? It's just the, ah, it feels off. I mean, Come on, is my reaction. CEO of Earthshot, too. Like, that it, it, you're He's so right. Doubling doubling down is what is absolutely wild. This is like the silence without saying anything, but they're saying a lot. So yeah, my high though, I'm really excited. I watched so much content, not just Royals content, content over the break. But I did watch some Royal films. I caught up on my list. So the Unseen Queen, which is incredible, the Roger Michelle doc, which we talked about last year, Elizabeth, the Portrait in Parts, so good. W E a new podcast she wakes up at 5 a.m there's so much royals content i also watch slow horses on apple tv have you watched that no, yet? oh what is oh, that rachel that is your next watch i'm Gary writing Oldman, it down See mi6 so good so so really? good okay yeah. okay i, I went down I i'm starting i just started george and tammy um on showtime about tammy winnett and it's so oh how good. is that so good Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're watching the dropout right now. With the Amanda dropout Seyfried. is amazing. It's really I love uh, Amanda that. Seyfried is like uh, I just every I'm speechless in every uncanny. dance scene. I'm just okay. Like, slow horses. Slow. Adding it. Um, my high feels like it should be your high, but part of it is the special royal Christmas post that we got. One was the drawing or painting by George, which was just beautiful that Kate and William shared to their Instagram account. Oh, of the deer, Instagram the account. That was so The sweet. reindeer. It was beautiful. But also James Middleton's Christmas post. That's why I feel like it should be your high um, with Elise and the dogs. I just thought that those were, I love any glimmer of how the royals are celebrating. He secretly went to the Carol concert and under the radar was there. And what? I, yeah, the exit, I was like, pause, rewind, pause, rewind, pause, rewind. <laughs> I was like, what is he wearing? He, well, Elise wasn't there, so I was a little sad, but Aww. he was, I know. So just a reminder before we close, leave us a review in the new year. We'd love some new reviews. This one is lovely. It says, thank you so much for this podcast. I look forward to listening and enjoy the repartee between the two hosts. You do such a great job, and the episodes are always thoughtful, insightful, and classy. From the host of the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle please leave us a review of your own. You can also send us an email, info at gallerypodcast.com. We're catching up on listener DMs and emails. So we will definitely be getting to yours if you've dropped us a note recently. Until next week, God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. It's good to be back. I always Rachel. make it sing-songy. Why do I do that? <laughs>
Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.